What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and welcome to another episode of Crossover Commerce, episode 83, presented by Ping Pong Payments. Just a quick little bit about Ping Pong Payments. We provide marketplace sellers and entrepreneurs global solutions for controlling their domestic and international funds. An account with Ping Pong enables companies to significantly reduce their costs when receiving or making international payments all in one platform so that you can increase your operational efficiency, saves time, and allows sellers to manage their business uh, profits from one single source, whether it's paying your suppliers, paying your manufacturers, or just receiving funds from all of our marketplaces all around the world. Go ahead and sign up for a free ping pong account today. And you can find that link actually below in the show notes. Go ahead and just click there and you will be able to save your first month of international FX with ping pong for one month by just signing up today with that link. Go ahead and check it out. Pingpongpayments.com or usa.pingpongx.com as well. Um, you go ahead. Uh, wanted to welcome everyone who's joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And if you're not watching us live, shame on you. But if you can't or spend the time to watch this whole episode live, thanks for tuning in later on those same channels. Or if you're listening to this on uh, via download on Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, truly anywhere where you can download a podcast, we're going to be just search ping pong payments and you can download those podcasts wherever you consume those as well. But because we go live and this episode is live right now, we can see all your questions. So go ahead, submit your questions below in the comment section for myself or my guests. And we can go ahead and uh, you can pick our brain, just say hi, let us know where you're tuning into, no matter where you're watching this episode, just make sure you tag us and we'll be able to see that, uh, that comment or question as well. And also because I'm going live four to five times per week, please go ahead and get notified by clicking on that bell icon or wherever it says follow. Um, Follow our social media platforms on Ping Pong Payments or myself at Ryan Kramer. We'll make sure that you get notified of that for future episodes as well. Four to five times per week. That's tons of content for you, the Amazon and e-commerce seller, to be able to walk away with a little bit of nugget, no matter how big or small. We want to apply it to your business today. That's the point of this show. Uh, but about our guest today, let's go ahead and hop right into it. He is a devoted husband, uh, doting, doting father of three, excuse me, and passionate St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan. Shame on him. Uh, we're already butting heads here as I am the biggest, one of the biggest Chicago Cubs fans. So we're already um, off on a bad start, but well, I'm sure we'll reconcile it. <laughs> but uh, when he's not working on his honey-do list, chauffeuring kids to various activities or cheering on the Cardinals, he is trying to prevent on uh, his on-site dad bod and putting his decade plus of e-commerce experience to work as the VP of Marketing at Seller Labs. He is a global renowned expert who educates and motivates e-commerce sellers on cutting edge ways to improve their businesses, grow their sales, and drive profits. In 20, 2007, excuse me, he was the founder of GM of textbooks.com. And today he works with Seller Labs, a global leader in e-commerce brand management through platforms uh, Seller Labs Pro, Xcart, um, et cetera, with, uh, which work with thousands of market place sellers and over 10,000 retail websites. 
Uh, Seller Labs as a company is a platform for digital businesses to drive revenue, build community, and gain insights through data, software services as well. Through the software applications, Seller Labs Pro and Xcart have helped navigate nuanced complexities of selling on Amazon in your own e-commerce channel. In an ever-changing e-commerce environment, Seller Labs provides an affordable and scalable solution. So welcome to the show, Jeff Cohen of Seller Labs. Jeff, welcome to Crossover Commerce. I'm glad to have you here. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I, I've been holding on to that uh, St. Louis Cardinals fan, so I don't I know we're going to not get along with that front, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I guess my biggest problem with being a Cardinals fan is I don't have enough fingers for all of the rings. <laughs> I know it's fun. It's fun to do that. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I'm the only person, I'm the black sheep in my family. I'm one of four people and my like other brothers and my dad are all Cardinals fans. So, um, I had to stand out, I guess somehow. So yeah, okay. I, I don't know I where that came from. I have a child like you who has, uh, who, you know, obviously was born from another family because he's, he's a Cubs fan, but it just happens. It's, it's okay. Like we, we can, we can all love fans the, of baseball, the same game baseball. Fans of baseball. Exactly. Right. They were all fans of baseball. I was going to say the most, probably one of the more polarizing sports out there in terms of fandom, but we all get along here. Um, so, uh, this show is not about that, but I, I appreciate the, the fandom of the Cardinals for sure. So, uh, welcome to the crossover commerce. It's a pleasure to have you on here. You are, you're, I, I call like one of the more, uh, I say stable, one of the more experienced people in the space, but old people, I, I won't say old, that's <laughs> not what I'm saying. Experience, right? Like you've been around and you know what you're talking about. You you're very much, uh, growing in what you guys are doing. So, uh, with that being said, if someone hasn't heard of Seller Labs or have, haven't heard of Jeff Cohen, what's that story? What's that like love, like, uh, you know, story to get from where he was when he, you know, started his entrepreneur journey and now he is yeah. where he is now. I mean, the short, the short version of the story is, you know, I started in e-commerce in 2005 with, in the textbook space, running textbooks.com and, uh, connected with the, the founder of Seller Labs in 2012, um, we were still in the textbook, you know, part of the arena. So I've really evolved with the Amazon marketplace as it's evolved. We we started off as textbook media sellers in 2012. That was when we created our first product, Feedback Genius. We had built a warehouse of about 15,000 square feet. We were doing a few million dollars in products and realized that we had developed some really cool software and wanted to put the software out in the market for others uh, to get access to. And, uh, and that's when we kind of converted from being feedback genius to being seller labs. And over the years, seller labs has created a lot of great products that you may be aware of from feedback genius to scope to ignite. And recently about a year, year and a half ago, we brought all of those products into one, um, to, to kind of change the experience with seller labs pro and, uh, to give sellers really an opportunity to start their day correctly. Um, and to solve a problem in the marketplace where sellers wake up in the morning and they don't understand really what to do to maximize the profit in their business. And we thought that by pulling all of that technology into one and building some additional technology on top of it, that we could really build a system that would help sellers manage themselves on a daily basis. And so um, I like to even say, if you're using other tools, um, seller lab still has value to you. And, uh, if we're doing things correctly, our tool is going to give you value on a daily basis, um, and, and help you focus your business and, and maximize your profit. 
Right. This isn't like, wake up, make sure you brush your teeth in the morning, like comb your hair, you know, get dressed, go downstairs here, drink a cup of coffee. This isn't like this. This is talking about how to increase and optimize your time when time is the one com- commodity none of us can put in a value on. Right. So, well, but like, econ- let's, but, but that's yeah, how it ahead. all started. That's how it all started. Right? right. Like we all have a morning routine. Sure. Uh, some people wake up really early. They work out, they do meditation. Some people, um, get down to their computer and they check their email inbox. Uh, some people write their to-do list the night before. And what I what I really found um, as, in talking to hundreds and thousands of sellers over the over the years was that each successful seller, successful sellers who are doing now, how do I how do I measure success? Right, um, I measure success in an array of ways. Right, so successful sellers are people that have grown multi million dollar businesses, people. Who, who have run small businesses that have been highly profitable. So they all measure it in a different way. But when I, when I meet with them, they all have a set process and routine. So not just a routine for their morning of brushing their teeth. The, you know, the question I love to ask is, do you put your socks on before your pants or do you put your pants on before your socks? That's a routine. It's a routine you don't even think about. Do you put on your right shoe and then your left shoe or your left shoe and then your right shoe? It's something you don't think about, but now you will um, because it's a routine that you've built. And we all have what we have, what we, what we call habits, right? We all have habits that we have formed. Um, Some are good and some are bad. And ultimately as sellers, we have to determine what the good habits are and how to um, how to reinforce those good habits so that we can build better businesses and get ourselves um, to a place in our business where our business um, can learn and can grow and can be healthy and can be um, and can be strong and we can be spending our time working on the right things. So, for people who are listening to this, and you say. You have all these different habits, right? I think statistics always show like you're doing the same thing in like at least 30 different assets of your life. Like you said, putting on a sock one before the other, right. uh, do you put it on your, um, you know, socks before your pants or so on and so forth, shoe, however you go for it. First and foremost, when applying that to business, what are some of the, what are some of the habits that people need to start out and really take a hard look at yeah, if so- it's good or bad? So the first thing I would I would suggest is you read a book called The Power of Habit. It's it's by a guy named Charles Duhigg, and um and and, and I learned a lot from reading this book, and um I learned a lot about myself from reading this book. Like I have really weird habits, right? So I have a habit that I just got back from spring break. My kids have a habit when they walk into the airport. My daughter always wants to go to the Great American Bagel Company and buy a bagel. My kids yeah. always want to go to the to the store and buy a bag of candy. Right. And my wife, as soon as they say we're starting boarding, has to go to the bathroom. So always without question. Never right. without fail. So, is it the so, same bagel? Is it the same candy? Is it always it's uh, not always the same candy? It is the same bagel. But what okay. happens is is that there's a queue. So the queue is going to the airport. Mm-hmm. That then generates a routine. Mm -hmm. So my daughter believes that when she walks into the airport, she's going to go to the great American bagel and she's going to get her plain bagel toasted with cream cheese. And she's going to get an apple juice. 
Now, my daughter does not drink apple juice anywhere else. Just the airport. Just the airport. Because, because she has created this cue of going to the airport, this routine of getting the, the bagel, cream cheese, and apple juice, and this reward that she likes the apple juice, or maybe it's something intrinsic that it, it makes her feel more calm about flying. Right. Now, I know my wife goes to the bathroom because she doesn't want to go to the bathroom on the plane. That makes and sense. so she feels the cue is the announcement of boarding, right? The routine is to go to the bathroom and the reward is that she doesn't go to the bathroom on the plane. Sure. The and question so is, every- I was going to say, has this ever made you miss your flight? Has any of those routines ever made you miss your flight in the first, first and foremost, or go out of the way completely just to satisfy these routines? So, what it's done is that, you know, as a business traveler, I have a totally different routine. Sure. Yeah. By yourself. You're talking about by yourself. Yeah. By myself. And so it's really, um, it's weirdly stressful to travel with my family because my family doesn't follow my personal routine. I have like, and I've come to the, I've come to the, I'm strong and I've come to the realization that I have to let my family go through their routine. And it's not the routine I go to when I go to the airport. Sure. And that's the, the breaking of a, of a, of a habit is the, mm-hmm. is, is the hardest thing that you do because the reward of gaining that habit that you've built is so intrinsically built into you that, um, that, that you have to, that's why it's so hard to, to change your habits. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, um, you have to create a reward now for me, airport, the reward is that my wife is calmer while flying. And so therefore I have to be okay with her routine over mine. It sure. drives me nuts when my kids go into the store and buy the candy. Cause it's a ripoff, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a lot. It's a, right. It's a total rip off. All you have to do is just buy it at a, uh, even in a gas station before you roll in. And it's like five times cheaper. Right. It's like, <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> but here's what's funny from a habit perspective, the, I stop at the, I stop at Walgreens on the way to a movie so they can put candy in their pocket. Exactly. So the dollar boxes are clutch. Right. (laughs) So, so all of these things you do in life have these habits that, um, that, that dictate what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Think of this. Um, and then we'll get into the Amazon side of this, but think of this, the restaurant you visit on a regular basis, how often do you look at the menu when you sit down? And even if you look at the menu, you still order the same thing. Right. Because you've Cause built the yeah. queue of going to the restaurant. You've built the routine of ordering that. And the reward is the pleasure you get from eating that. So, and, yeah, go ahead. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. I was going to say, so as, as Amazon sellers, our goal has to be to ensure that the cue the reward, the routine and the rewards that we're doing are the right ones. Are these, are these habits that are making us fat and unhealthy or are these habits that are, that are making us, um, feel better, have better body positivity, um, making us feel a better self-esteem. Are we chasing the wrong goals in our business? And therefore, we believe we're doing well. I like to say we're chasing outputs and not outcomes. And 
then once I truly understand what the outcomes are that I want to chase, I can, or, or, or achieve, I can actually start working on a set of habits that will get me the rewards I de I actually desire, not the rewards that I'm intrinsically following. Um, because I wake up in the morning, I have to check my email and then my email distracts me in the day and I don't really know how something is doing or not doing. So a couple of questions I would ask for you, like you, you see other people's habits, right? This is a third party perspective. Yep. When you as an entrepreneur and you're starting out on Amazon, how do you recognize your own habits? And then how do you know if they're good or bad? Um, it's, a, it's, it's, that's the, that is the hardest part. Right. And so, um, I, as a manager, right, I manage a company, I manage a team and, and, and I, I help other people manage their business. Um, I look for, Ex I look for the number of, ex I don't look at what the excuse is. I look for the number of excuses. And okay. if I'm continually hearing from somebody, um, an excuse, an excuse, an excuse, then I realize that person is truly stuck. And then it's a question of whether they want to help themselves or not. I have people who come to me and go, what can your software do for me? And my immediate question back to them is, what are you looking for my software to do? I, I like can that. tell you what, what the software can do, but like, what are you trying to accomplish? And if people can't answer that question of what they're trying to accomplish or what their goals are for the year or for the quarter or for the month, then I would say right there, that's the first habit you need to build for yourself, right? You need to build right. a habit of goal setting so that you truly can measure whether you're achieving what you're seeking to do or whether you're just generating outputs that make you feel like you've gotten a reward of, man, I answered a lot of, I mean, how many people say, man, I get over a hundred, 500 emails a day. Okay. Does that make you feel good to delete them all? Yeah, actually right. it does. Yeah. Great. Does it move your business along? No, it doesn't. Probably not. Yeah. So uh, in that, in that context, you're, you're talking about setting small goals and achievements for yourself to build something bigger, a little bit bigger and better. That's what I'm hearing and how you're approaching when people come to your business and say, what can you do for me? You're turning on them and you're actually asking what a typical salesperson would be in terms of finding value, finding, you know, where the hole is in that person's company. And then you're going to help problem solve to achieve and bring, your value to them because they, they value something completely different than what you as a company are in, in general, because you can throw everything at them and they're like, ah, I don't need all this. Maybe I'll look at somewhere else, but you're truly finding the problem that in solution that they're looking for. They just don't know that. Right. Think, think, uh, so I like to talk about this guy. I call him, I call him one up Scotty, right? We all know a one up Scotty. Sure. And one up Scotty is the guy who you're telling a story at a party and you're talking about how you went on a vacation and he's going to tell you how he went on a better vacation, how you went to dinner and he ate at a better place for dinner. Right. Sure. And what do we learn from that is that nobody really wants to hear what you did. They just want to tell you what they did. And so I do believe as a, as a, as a provider in the space, if I can do a better job of listening, I can do a better job of serving. But when you listen, 
you can also truly understand what somebody is trying to do and whether they're directed correctly. And most of the time, when you talk about like habits of good Amazon sellers, they're going to be able to tell you what their annual goals are, how those annual goals break down to monthly goals, and how those goals break down to SKU-based goals. Okay. And so when you talk about building healthy habits around Amazon and um, we'll just say e-commerce and your business, it's about tracking the data that truly matters and impacts the goals that you've set. And so it goes back to like basic goal setting and we can talk about basic goal setting for sure. people that aren't aware of it, but that's what we need to do. And then once we understand what SKUs, what ASINs are going to drive our business, we now know where we need to spend our time and our focus. Because if I look at, if I get a an ASIN, it, there's an immediate response to say, I have an ASIN suspension, I have to fix it, right? My ASIN suspended, I have to fix it. Well, what if you have 500 ASINs and the ASIN that's suspended generates less than 2% of your overall sales? That's not as critical of an ASIN suspension as the ASIN suspension that generates 25% of your sales. Correct. And we get very hung up in our management of alerts, notifications, recommendations, suggestions, growth of our business. We get really hung up on the, the queue, but we don't get hung up on the reward. And so good sellers are getting hung up on the reward and they're actually analyzing whether the cue is an important cue or if it's a distraction cue. And okay. by truly understanding your business and where your business is trying to go, you can start to disseminate between different cues that you get and not overreact to every to every cue. So what are some common like overreactions in that regards? Like walk me through if I'm a seller, what are easy ones that I can just recognize today that I'm doing and I can start figuring out how to problem solve those? Yeah. So a very common overreaction is I'll give you two really common overreaction. I get a negative review. There's a, a massive overreaction to negative reviews. Stop everything. Right. Right. I got to, I, I got to stop everything. I got to find out who the person is. I got to get them to change the review. Um, I, I say, accept the, accept the review and, and check yourself, figure out what you did wrong so that you don't have that problem again in the future. Usually the customer's right. Not always, but usually I think the other one is that if your sales are weak, there's an automatic, uh, assumption that you need to optimize your advertising. Um, and that, that's not always the case, right? Data will indicate whether you have a traffic problem, whether you're, you have an organic problem, uh, whether you have a conversion problem, whether you have an inventory problem. So there's so many different things that can dive into fixing one of those particular problems that just having weak sales is just the beginning. And, and then requires you to do the investigation into what it truly means. And that again, goes back to 
do I actually care that I have weak sales on this product? And if I've got a large enough catalog and 10 SKUs can be a large enough catalog, I can start to use the 80-20 principle, the Pareto principle, mm -hmm. to identify the head, the torso, and the tail of my catalog and understand what are my really important SKUs that live up at the head? What are the, you know, what are my rising SKUs or falling SKUs that sit in the middle? And then what is my crap, as Amazon calls it, which is can't realize a profit um, that sit at the tail? And now I want to actually visualize the cue that comes and figure out where it sits in my continuum of my ability to make money mm -hmm. and then put the proper response to it. Yeah. You can't, you can't just blatantly say sales are down on the skew. I'm going to spend all day working on it. Maybe, you know, but if it's a top product, maybe you have a new competitor in this space and the competitor is, has a better pricing than you. And you need to go back and work on your negotiation to get better pricing on your product. That's a totally different type of problem than if, um, than if you got a negative review and now you need to kind of fight back to get more traffic to your listing because the algorithm has been hurt by the negative review. So there's so many different things that can impact your business um, that I think the critical component of it is just understanding what the cue is and then understanding that that cue is truly representative of the reward that you desire and then setting the routine to be one that's actually beneficial to your business and not detrimental. So with all that being said, with all with so much out there that can distract you, how are you and your company, how are you fixing that problem and you're helping people really hone in and focus that kind of maximizing everything in front of you and maximizing the right things in order to be successful? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that, um, as, as you kind of said earlier, like the first part of it is self-recognition, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? right? Recognize that you, no one wants to admit habits. they have bad habits. Like I hate admitting if I'm wrong or if my wife will say, Hey Ryan, like you realize you do this and I go, I don't do this. It's like curling my lip or anything like that. And I go, I don't do this. And then she'll say it's right there. And it's the worst being called out for it instead of you recognizing yourself. So I think that's why Amazon sellers hate recognizing and taking, you know, criticism so much is because they didn't recognize it first. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, um, you and I both hang out on clubhouse and, and one of the things that we hear over and over again on clubhouse is the number of people who get stuck in, um, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you were ready for that. Get prepared. <laughs> I thought um, we'd talk about this today. Um, the number of people who get stuck in analysis paralysis that that they're just they're they're trying to solve a problem. They're trying to solve a problem, but they don't know how to solve the problem. They just want the problem to be solved for them. So, how does Seller Labs hmm. particularly help? Well, first off, we start with you setting goals. So we say to you, tell us what you believe your sales will be this month. Tell us how much you believe you should be pacing to spend on advertising so we can give you a very clear visual representation in the top of your dashboard to see how you're pacing towards your goals. Then what we do is we have a whole set of notifications and alerts set up around, around your account so that you can actually come in and on a daily basis, on a more, you know, each morning, you can see how your sales are doing. You can see how they compare to, to other periods, seven 
30, 60, whatever period, you know, you want to look at, and then you can dive into your notifications. And with the data that we have, you can quickly identify whether your notifications about a particular product are ones that you should worry about or ones that you should not worry about. Mm -hmm. Now we can build AI into it, um, artificial intelligence, and we can right. start to tell you where you should, or you shouldn't care, but it's truly up to you to start making those decisions. And I think that one of the things that I kind of hear a lot is like I was joking earlier, like how can your tool solve my problem? Our tool cannot solve your problem. Our tool can help you identify a problem. Our tool can help you solve a problem, but you and your system and your process have to actually have the strategy so that you right. can make the correct action to solve your problem. Yeah, you're not going to fix their inventory problems. You can identify it. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with, to be honest with you, is coming from software background as well in uh, fintech. People want you to solve their problems for them so they don't have to do the work or like the brain power to fix it. And I think that's that that's a pretty good seller to the, from the successful sell, seller is how can I identify it? And then how can I get better to identify those problems? Because if it, you don't identify it, that, you know, that's, that's just not in your purview, but tools, that's what you're supposed to do. It's not do the work for them. Otherwise you, the tool, or in this case, seller labs would be doing all these successful businesses and, you know, exiting brands left and right for, because you're the one selling, not these other entrepreneurs who want to uh, do all the work. Right. Well, and, and I think the truth of the matter is like when, when I caught onto this idea three years ago, it was because I was talking to a seller. I actually remember the seller. I remember what he was selling and everything. And he he's moved on. He, he's not very prominent in Amazon anymore, but he, he was spending close to $1,500 a month on different softwares. And I said to him, I'm like, why do you need all these softwares? And he said, well, I have a morning system where I go through and I, I go to this software and I look for this and I go to this software and I look for this and I go to this software and I look for this. And he goes through kind of a morning checklist that tells him how his business is doing. I, I know another seller who's doing over $10 million a year and he has a team of VAs who are checking, he's not doing it via software. He has a team of VAs that are checking a whole host of things from his list, listings being up to his pricing, to the buy box, to inventory, all the different things you need to, to review and, and check on your business. And when they identify different things, they have systems and SOP system um, operating, uh, systematic operating procedures where mm -hmm. they're able to say, hey, this, this listing is suppressed. There's a team that deals with suppressed listings. Hey, the traffic on this page has dropped and they, and they, and they fix that. And so he's built this whole system. Well, the thing is, is that for most sellers, scaling their business to the, to the size to be able to put that type of manual process in place or put that type of team in place is very difficult. And so we use software as kind of a gap for how to get ourselves from being a single employee or maybe a three to five person employee shop to being, you know, to the next size. Um, and so some people go the route of hiring the VAs. And, and I know people who have, who are doing $10 million operations with 40, 50 VAs. And I know other people who are doing $10 million who are doing it with three full-time employees. So there's just right. different ways to go about how you, how you build and grow your business 
But the truth of the matter is, is that as your business grows, your business becomes more complex. And if you're not updating your routines, if you're not updating your cues and your routines and your processes along the way, then you're going to start tripping up over yourself mm -hmm. because you can manage your ads potentially at a certain point. Then you might use software to manage your ads at a certain point. And then you might want to actually have somebody, a human who's managing your ads, which is why we evolved from having a, a, a an AI driven software system for managing ads where you can literally come in and do one click. We build the strategy, we launch it and we run your ads for you to having recommendations and suggestions where we're giving you diff different recommendations during the day to having the ability to control the triggers yourself to having our own managed services team, because that's the evolution that people have that businesses have. And your choice as you grow and as you evolve is you either hire those people internally mm -hmm. or you outsource to experts in the space. And we had so many people calling us going, God, your software is awesome, but can you just do it for me? <laughs> I've been there, man. <laughs> that we decided to open up a services end of our division. And now we're one of the largest Amazon advertising agencies in the space. And so it's, as as sellers, we have to determine, you know, like for instance, first thing I outsource bookkeeping. I don't want anything to do with it, hmm. right? You, you don't you don't like looking at you know long Excel forms and trying to figure out if your books match. I want to look at the P and L at the end of the month and know if my profit is where I set my goal for it. To be. You want to know if you're in the green or the red? That's all you want right. to know. <laughs> I'm and like I'm you, not, and I don't necessarily. I'm, I'm not in a business that requires regular cash flow management. Now on the seller lab side, we have a CFO who's doing cash flow management. We have payroll, you right. know, a lot of different um, systems and processes in place, but that's what you get when you build an organization that's multinational and has hundreds of employees, right? We're at, I think, 150 employees and in, in multiple countries um, and throughout the United States. It's a much more complex operation than it was five years ago when there were six of us in an office in Georgia. Right. So what, what, what is that maximum? I mean, you guys are maximizing a business in itself. You, you took a tool and you, you built it out to need more people. How do people recognize that? Where's that, where's that fine line? Is it yeah. up to each individual person or is there actually a capacity at which each individual is different where you just like, I can't do this anymore. I need more help. How do you measure that? No problem. <laughs> I know Jeff's out of step away. So uh, to reset, oh, oh, yeah. sorry, my dog. Oh, no, yeah. My dog well, started. Bark my dog started barking. I don't know if you can hear her, but um, oh no, yeah, we were fine. I was gonna actually reset the room because we are. I said room. Look at me. I'm talking like I'm on Clubhouse. Good lord. Um, uh, just for everyone who's watching again, I just want to give a couple shout outs to people who are watching on uh, LinkedIn uh, again for David and. Uh, Vinith, uh, I wanted to say hi to both of you for chiming in. We appreciate you guys watching. Um, but we're talking about how to maximize efficiencies and starting your day out and actually just the capacity at which individuals and businesses have to take a next step. So Jeff, my question to you was, again, uh, before you stepped away real quick, um, what, what is that cap capacity in terms of individuals or businesses and how do you recognize that you're just 
you can't do anymore. There's no more capability, not just because you're too lazy and you don't want to do it. You just can't recognize that this is my finite limit of thought or yeah. business. And I can do what I, whatever I need to, to, to take it to the next level. So this is, it goes back to goal setting. So this goes back to, um, have you done what's necessary to reach your goals? And, you know, some people, they'll be very happy with, they don't want their business to be multiple employees and they just want it to be a cash flow driving business. Not everybody in this space wants to build a $10 million business. Not everybody in this, in this space wants to exit, um, you know, exit from their business. They, they might, they help everybody. Ha like, I know that's the big thing to talk about right now, but that's not everybody's goal. Some people have a desire. Mike Brown had a desire when he started Death Wish Coffee to to build the world's strongest co caffeinated coffee brand. And he's had numerous offers to sell his business and has, has rejected all of them. So we all have different goals and we have different aspirations. And I think part of the answer to that question is understanding where your goals and your aspirations are. Now, if your goals and aspirations are to build a larger organization or to build a, a, a larger business, or um, if your goal is to, is to go from a half million dollars to a million dollars, I challenge you to look at your business as a million dollar business that's underperforming as opposed to a $500,000 business that's looking to double in size. Because as soon as you start looking at yourself as a million dollar business that's underperforming, you'll start to identify a lot more of these things that are not going right for you and where you need to make your investment, where, um, where you're spending your time, which you can start doing time trackers. So we do that with our managed services team. We do that maybe once a, once every six months, we, we put them on time trackers for a week where they have to basically track all of the, and log all of their activity. And it's amazing to figure out like where you're actually spending your time and where you thought you were spending your time. And the, and the, the key of starting your day, the key of maximizing your profit is about using your greatest value asset that you own your time in the most efficient manner to grow your business. And if you start to track what's going on in your business and you're not spending your time appropriately, take those tasks that, that still have to be done and find somebody to do them. Whether it be a VA, whether it be an assistant, whether it be an outsourced service, there's different routes and directions that you can go. But the investments that you make into your business are the ones that will pay off over time and truly drive you to that level of success. And stop looking at things as cost. I hate when people say, how much did you spend on advertising? I didn't spend anything on advertising. Do you use the word invest? I invested in my business. And that's what my return was. And it was either a good return or a bad return. Is that, is that just like at the, at the core of it though? Mindset at the end of the day of people are successful because of a mindset, whether I'm going to overcheat or like I'm going to, I don't have enough. So I'm going to push myself uh, or if you are, you think you're doing a lot and you're just like, eh, like I'm just going to waste my time looking at emails and then like spend time. Like you said, the most valuable resource on things that don't truly matter. Is that, is that the core of everything that you're, we're talking about today? Well, when it comes down to it, Ryan, I think that that's the routine that they've built. 
they feel busy. They feel important. They feel like they're be they're driving their business successfully because they're focused on the reward. Now they got to figure out whether the reward is the right one or not. And so it's difficult to tell, it's difficult for me to tell the person who finds that, that system to be successful and rewarding that it's not because in sure. their mind, it might be, and it might be the business that they want to grow. And it might be the, the business that they believe they've always wanted to have. But if you truly look at that and you've set your goals and you can determine whether you're you're re reaching your goals or not, then you can truly make the determination of whether you need to change your routine to get to the goals that you want. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of this comes down to mindset. But interestingly enough, we run a conference called the Resonate Conference. We've been doing it for a number of years. Obviously, we took last year off. When we bring speakers on about mindset, it's typically our lowest rated speaker sessions. Really? Because Amazon sellers don't want to hear about mindset and they don't want to hear about transitioning their, their selves to be successful. They just want to be given the tactics. How do I do it? How should I, what can I do? What's the trigger to pull? We're all looking for that ultimate answer. But the truth is, is that a lot of times that answer is, is that we're just not spending our time on the right things. We're not focused on the right things. We don't have our goal set in the right way. And our routines have been built that if I can find a way to get there faster, I'll take it. Right. Shortcuts. Yeah. Is that just entrepreneur? I, I mean, again, I go down all these different paths and like us as humans, of course, like we want to get there quicker. Like time is we're, we're so busy. We want to do, do things more efficient. And I think there's a fine line between efficient and being lazy and just doing a shortcut. Does that make sense? So, well, yeah, what, think, yeah, go, yeah ahead. go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, uh, if you want to chime in on that, I feel like people have pushed more towards the lazy and do it for me because you say I can just sit on a beach, throw a product on Amazon and I can be, become successful because your course told me to other than hey, I'm going to be efficient with my time and resources. I'm going to be lean and mean, and I'm going to get a great product and fix a problem. Those those have are the two sides of the coin, but it's pushed more to, I'm going to be more lazy instead of be more efficient. Does that make I, sense? First off, I think that um, depending on which subset of the Amazon community you talk to, that could be potentially true, right? Sure. I think there are numerous examples of success. There are a lot of accidental entrepreneurs within Amazon. Um, people who are really good at sourcing a product, but not um, marketing a product. People who are good at marketing a product, but can't source a product, right? I've seen numerous businesses that have gotten to a fairly large size where the owner basically just doesn't really know what they're doing. They just happen to be at the right place at the right time and make a few you know, good decisions along the way. And, and those people should be commended for what they, for what they do. But I think when it comes down to it, the question is, is like, what's, if, are you, are you satisfied by the routine that you have? And is that truly what you're seeking to get? There are plenty of people who are satisfied with eating and gaining weight and, and they don't, and they, and they don't feel bad about that. And there are some people 
who want to ultimately change that. But in the same regard of what you just said, why does everybody start a diet on January 1st, but only a few people are still doing it by January 31st? Because building the new habit is really hard. And I, I agree with you. And you and I preach this on Clubhouse and, and other places on, an, on a regular basis. Selling on Amazon is not easy. Selling on Amazon requires a, a diverse a skill, yeah. skill set. It's not a singular uh, skill set. It was a lot easier three years ago, but it will also be a lot harder three years from now. And right. so therefore, as an Amazon seller, what's critical is that we're working to improve ourselves, improve our systems, improve our processes, because if we're not evolving, we're being passed. And uh, I, I wish I could remember the quote because I heard this on a podcast and, I, and it was very similar to that, which I think makes a lot of sense, which is like if you're not building and growing and evolving your business, then you're stagnant and you're, and you're, and you're falling back. And so if seller labs was the same business today that we were three years ago, we'd be out of business. And if you think about it, um, here, give you a great example. I was listening. I was actually listening to a clubhouse on branding. Um, I like to go into the non Amazon rooms and kind of learn about marketing and branding and same so here. They've got some amazing people on there. And, um, and my son happened to be in the car and they were talking about like, what is a brand and, and, and how does the emotion of a brand get represented within the brand? And I thought it was a fascinating conversation. And my son looks at me, he's, he's 13. And he said, what's a, what's a brand? And I said, well, a brand's like Coca-Cola. And he said, what's Coca-Cola? And I said, what do you mean? I said, what do you mean? What's Coca-Cola? You slammed on the brakes right there and you turn around and you like, what are you talking about? Right. I go, well, when you drink so soda, what do you drink? He's like, well, Coke, Pepsi, Sprite. I was like, what about Coca-Cola? And he goes, I've never had Coca-Cola before. And an interesting revelation occurred to me of, of like, you know, the, this whole like how I was raised versus how my kids were raised. We used to wake up on Saturday morning and watch Saturday morning cartoons. And we would see the Coca-Cola commercials, the, the, the bear, the polar bear and right. Coke is it. And all these other iconic commercials that we know from our childhood. My child doesn't watch TV. He watches um, Netflix. He, he watches YouTube, things like that. He watches the NBA. So he knows what Sprite is because Sprite is heavily pop uh, marketed within the NBA. He doesn't know that Sprite's a Coca-Cola product. Right. And so we, the Coke corporation has evolved over time, right? Mm -hmm. They have evolved in how they've marketed their product and how they've positioned their product to different age groups and segmentations as the market has changed. His group doesn't drink Coke. His drink group, his age group drinks Sprite. And so we as a business have to be evolving and we have to be um, evolving our, our messaging and, and evolving our processes and our systems along the way, or, mm -hmm. or we fall back. And, and, and that's the power of habits is understanding what your habits are, what your routines are, and making sure you're focused on what your goals are, which is why you need to constantly be setting goals. Because if you're not, then how do you know if you're working towards the right thing? Right. 
So how are you guys doing that? How what 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 keeps pushing you? How are you maximizing yourself and continuing to innovate and and grow? Yeah. Um, I think my, myself, I'm constantly, I mean, personally, and very similar to you, I'm, I'm constantly talking to people in this space. I'm, I'm constantly talking to leaders. I I've shifted my, my, my circle of who I talk to, to be more brand focused, um, type of circles to understand what brands need to do to be more successful in the space as the Amazon ecosystem has, has grown into brands. Um, I launched a business over the summer. Um, in the food category for two reasons. One, I wanted to understand food better. And two, um, I wanted a, a, a U.S. Uh, manufacturer because I can manufacture everything here in the U.S. And mm -hmm. three, I wanted to start learning um, multi-channel commerce. Sure. Um, because because I, I believe that's part of the evolution that brands are going through and need to go through. And so my brand is selling today. My brand is selling on Amazon. My brand is selling on its own website. My brand um, is going to be launching this month on Kroger. Um, nice. Launched on the on the Kroger websites uh, and the family of all the Kroger websites. Um, and we're starting to push into um, physical stores. So we're starting to to push for um, retail sales. All new things for me personally in running a brand um, that give me more information, more insights, more, um, understanding of what it takes to, to build a commerce operation. Right. Because not everything actually happens on Amazon, even though that's the destination for multiple places, there's still all this other money being thrown around different places. A lot of it will evolve into happening online and purchasing online, but it's not just on Amazon. So I think you and I are of very similar mindsets of, you know, where are people purchasing groceries or where are people purchasing, you know, vacations or like services and things like that, those are all going to shift online. And would you agree that 2020 has like flipped that e-commerce shopping has become a, a luxury to e-commerce is now a necessity? Is that kind of where this evolution of where you're coming and pushing your boundaries is coming from? I think that um, for I think that for a, to be a successful brand, right. To, to maximize your profit. I believe that you have to have, um, your own e-commerce presence, right? That's why we bought X cart, right? Seller labs knew that we needed to evolve into the e-commerce arena. That's why we, we purchased X cart. Mm -hmm. I think that my position a year or two years ago was you had to be on Amazon. My position today is, is Amazon the right place for you? Good and question. So depending on, again, like depending on where you're coming from, if you're trying to launch a business and you're trying to launch a business on Amazon, still a great platform has lots of opportunity, um, total potential that you can still go out. You can find a product, source a product, launch it on Amazon, generate some sales and be successful. I I'm a, true believer in that. If you're a brand that's trying to build your business, you need to put your product where people buy it. And I think that there's a, a misconception on the brand front as to um, what Amazon can do for you as a brand. And you can't just put your product on Amazon and generate sales if you have a product that maybe is unique and needs to be findable and 
um, isn't a category that's heavily searched on Amazon. Amazon has a, a finite amount of traffic searching for things. Mm -hmm. Um, and you might need to be on a specialty marketplace. You might need to be selling on Pinterest. And I think that, um, as a brand owner, right, not as an Amazon seller, but as a brand owner, I need to figure out where is it best for me to spend my time to generate the most interest in my business. 10%. And, and then ultimately I want to do that profitably. Personally, I guess, I guess everyone's got a different attitude. You don't want to lose money and just like give it away. Some just, like, people throw it, throw it down the toilet. No problem. There's a potential. Some people argument. do. There's right. a potential argument for it, right? Like I want to build a brand and therefore I'm willing to do right. it at break even or at, at or at a loss. So I'm I'm willing to do that for some period of time. Mm. But but as the complexity of your business grows, and now you need to manage e-commerce and now you need to manage a Facebook marketplace and um, an influencer marketplace, having that routine for starting your day becomes more and more and more critical because, because as I've grown individually, um, you know, and, in my ability to manage my team and my business and, and such, I have to have a routine in my morning that allows me to look at the important data to determine if the company, the, the campaigns, the efforts that we're placing are headed in the right direction and to be able to look for flags to understand when they are and I want to invest more and when they're not and I want to pull back. Right. And I have one more question. Maybe like we can touch on as like brand because you and I are both brand guys in terms of before we cap off out here at the top of the hour. But again, I heard this on Clubhouse. And if you're listening to this, make sure you follow Jeff at Famous Am on Amazon, excuse me, at Famous on Amazon, which is also his t-shirt, which is fantastic. I love it. I need to find out how I can get it. Um, if it are you selling those on Amazon, by the way? No, we used to have them on merch. Um, I've got a box of them somewhere. If I can find it, <laughs> if I can find it. I'll <laughs> those are so great, man. I love, I love like, we probably gave like at one point in time, we probably gave two or 3000 of these away at trade shows over, over the years. So, well, I need, I need to find one. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it somehow will connect and make sure we get it. But on clubhouse, the reason why I bring this up and you can follow me again at Ryan Kramer as well. Um, I heard this concept on Friday and it was kind of like, a is there's this mastermind group of like really highly intelligent people in the space. And I, I look up to a lot, but they're talking about the value of a brand versus just selling on Amazon and then exiting with an aggregator example, the value of building a brand versus you just building a profitable product. What is the difference and why, why should you care about one versus another? And a yeah. lot of people are saying, yeah. And a lot of people were actually pushing like, Hey, people don't care about the brand aspect. And I had to reach out to a colleague and I actually said, he was like, I'm building a brand and maybe like I shouldn't build a brand. And I reached out to him and I said, listen, build a brand because it's untapped potential. It's not just aggregator business. It is investors. It is big time companies that can look at you and say, I'm going to, this is what I see your value at and don't box yourself in. So what, what would you be your okay. take on that, Jeff? So, so you're going to get me going. Um, <laughs> at the top, at the end of the hour, look at me. See if anybody made it. If anybody made it this far, ping us and tell us. Um, exactly. Part of the conversation. This is what I get. The question I would ask is who said it and what was their goal? Right. Because there's a really good chance the person who said you don't need to do that is probably part of an organization that's trying to launch products or teach you a course 
on how to launch products on Amazon. And therefore the message of building a brand didn't fit into their messaging. And therefore they're trying to convince you that the right way to go forward on Amazon is the way that they teach. And I think sure. one of the challenges of Clubhouse um, and other platforms like it, it was Facebook groups before Clubhouse and Twitter before that, is that we hear from so-called gurus in the space and we want to trust them and believe them, but understand that they all have ulterior motives. I have an ulterior motive. I want you to hear me. I want you to say, God, Jeff has a lot of great information. Let me go check out his business and see if they can help me. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm here talking to Ryan. Ryan would have a much harder time if his goal was to just get brands on here to talk about how to make brands successful on Amazon. If I'm a brand, I want to go on a show where I'm going to get brand exposure so people buy my product. And so, you know, when you're listening into any type of social uh, platform like like a club like Clubhouse, understand who's speaking and what they're trying to pitch. Because the answer to your question is either process can work and can be successful and can be done in a, in a very meaningful way. I know plenty of people who launch products on Amazon and build successful businesses. I know people who have launched brands on Amazon who have built big brand businesses. They both work. They right. both ultimately can lead you to an avenue of success. But if you believe that you're following this just because somebody told you this is the better way to go, then you should damn well understand what their ulterior modes are. What goals are they trying to achieve? Because they have them. There's a, a group that I follow, a marketing group that I follow on Clubhouse. I can't think of all their names, but Samit, one guy's name is Samit. And there's a couple of, of, of Matt, I think is another guy. And I, I, I keep trying to figure out like, they literally have shows that run for hours every day, five or six days a week. And I'm trying to figure out what's their, what's their end game because right. they're not just doing this, but for the goodness of their heart, even though they say they are, they've got an end game in what they're doing. So make sure that what you're listening to is what you believe in and what you believe will help you and question it. Don't just take it. Because it was successful for one person doesn't mean it'll be successful for you. And I think that's the, that's the big thing is that I believe in courses and I believe courses um, can help you and can make you successful, but courses only provide you a guide. Mm -hmm. You know, think about college. You still had to study. You still had to research. You still had to write. You still had to collaborate to be successful in your class. You didn't just take the course. And so if you go into something with that type of mentality, you'll most likely be successful. If you go into the mentality of taking this course and listening to this person will make me successful, you won't be. Because as soon as A plus B doesn't equal C anymore, you're going to be confused and there's going to be nobody there to answer your question. Right. And the truth is, is that A plus E plus G plus D equals T and no course will ever teach you that only right. life and, and, um, and experimentation. And, you know, one of our principles of our company is to, is to fail, fail fast and fail forward. And that's the way we learn as a team is that we're always trying to just move forward in what we're doing and we're not afraid to fail along the way. And that's why we hear on the show all the time is 
the most successful people on Amazon, they're like, first business, I sucked. I lost so much money, but I learned what not to do. Right. And I apply that to my next business, which is now very successful. So that that's kind of the principle of maximizing. I actually think you could, I think, and if you ask them, I bet they would all agree. I wouldn't say that they lost money. I would say that they didn't make money. It's, right. If you yeah. do Amazon correctly, you should be able to at least break even with, right. with, a, bad, <laughs> exactly. with a bad product. And and I've got a, I've got a catalog of those bad products. Sitting in your closet, right? <laughs> you can just no, pull out whatever boxes in your backyard. I cleared them out in COVID in, in March of last year when everybody was spring cleaning. <laughs> I was going to say, lots of people just hold on to those bad products just to see, like, don't you ever do that again. Like, be better than that. <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah, I know, Jeff. Like, I know I want to value your time too. And at the top of the hour, again, for more about like Seller Labs, and we can obviously go down marketing, branding, you know, SaaS and everything in between. What are the best ways to get in touch with you or kind of connect with you as well, besides just Clubhouse and things like that we've already talked about? Yeah, I, you know, I always say these at the end and and I don't know if people never get to the end or not, but, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. Tell me if you enjoyed um, hearing what we talked about. Ask a question about something that didn't make sense or tell me what your routine is. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I'm a little harder to find on Facebook. I try to keep that more personal than business. Sure. And you can always find me um, at Seller Labs, Jeff at Seller Labs. And, you know, I make myself pretty open and accessible to people. So, you know, reach out and ask me to, to, to audit your listing. Ask me to, um, you know, give you some advice on something that you're struggling with in your business. I, I often reply, it's pretty easy to make a two minute video and send it back and tell you what I think of your listing or your product or your brand or, or where it's going and uh, love engaging with Amazon sellers and learning what makes them successful and what routines they have, uh, because that's how I build a better routine is by uh, communicating with people and learning what they do. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. And I've learned a lot from you, obviously, just like active listening. You're like me or I'm like you, I should say. I'm a sponge. I always try to absorb the best I can. And again, the best habits, uh, the best habits for e-com sellers. That was the or the power of habit, excuse me, is a book you referred to earlier. Make sure you check that out on Amazon or wherever you might consume or purchase your books, whether it's renting at a local library or just purchasing from Jeff Bezos himself on Amazon. <laughs> Jeff Cohen, thank you so much for hopping on uh, Crossover Commerce. We appreciate your time here today. Thanks, Ryan. Awesome. And everyone else, uh, let me go ahead and single myself out. Uh, thank you again for Jeff for hopping on the show again. Uh, Crossover Commerce episode 883. We go live almost four to five times per week. Again, this week is no exception. Tomorrow will be live with Athena's uh, Severi of Titan Network. We're going to talk about women in Amazon and being successful both in personal and business entrepreneurship. But then also we're going to be talking on Friday with Paul Barron of the chat agency. He has lots of things going on. We talk about micro-influencers. We're talking a little bit about chat marketing. Uh, the gauntlet is, is last time I had Paul on the show, we talked for an hour and 30 minutes. So I don't expect that to go that long, but with Paul, he always has great insight and knowledge in the space. So go ahead and check us out again, hit that notification bell on our social channels, or just follow me on social media. So you'll be notified when we go live. I'm Ryan Kramer. This is my show, Crossover Commerce. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys spending a little bit of time learning about Amazon and e-commerce and applying this to your business. Hopefully, um, to be more successful in the future. Um, we appreciate you guys watching this. Uh, go ahead and like, share, and follow us again so that other people can apply this to their business. Take care, everyone.